Life Audio. Hi, everyone. We have just finished up week three, and I wanted to kind of just touch base with you a little bit before we move on to week four. We are now officially through the halfway point of our study, and I hope that you are just really learning more about Jesus, more about yourself, uh, more about the ways that he desires to communicate with you, and I am praying for you to um, just continue to grow and learn throughout the second half of this study. When we come back, we're going to talk about this week and unpack some of the things that we're learning. Stay tuned. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what He says in His Word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach, and I have been there. I too was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with Him, and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out, and I just wanted a way to understand His will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures, as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. We just finished learning about the woman that was caught in adultery. And last week's video touched on some of this um, in a similar way. But I did want to continue to share a little bit um, of my heart for the reason why I wrote on the woman caught in adultery. And you'll notice in the book, she's not called called the woman caught in adultery. She called She's called woman. And I think if I had said woman caught in adultery, you would have immediately known who she was. But I didn't do that for a couple of reasons. I think, first of all, throughout... Uh, history. Scholars have called her that, and we've heard sermons of her called that, and um, we've learned about her as that. And my hesitation with that is I have, um, although I've not been involved specifically in committing adultery, I have been somebody that has been guilty of sin. We all have. And I thought about how I would feel if I was being uh, associated and named, you know, the woman caught in jealousy or the woman caught in, you know, what put insert sin here. And, um, I think what we see after, and hopefully you've seen this after studying this whole week is that Jesus has a different perspective. He just calls her woman. And I think what's interesting about that, if you remember back to chapter one, woman is the same term of endearment he used for his mother. And so this isn't just a disrespectful woman, get over here type type mentality, but it's a, a compassionate, um, loving way to address her. And I thought about my own heart and my own posture when I was entrenched in sin. And, you know, the thing about sin is very little of us start off with the intention of sinning. Um, it's not like we get up in the morning and we say, okay, well, I'm going to sin today. Maybe some of us do, but hopefully not if you're doing this Bible study. I know I never do. However, that's the thing about sin is it draws us in and, and in a lot of ways we feel, feel powerless to overcome it. And so I, I think back through times in my own life when I was kind of caught up in sin. Um, you know, when I was little, I... 
lived with my grandparents a lot for most of, most of the time. And I, I remember very clearly there was uh, two little angels that she had, little angel figurines. And I was probably maybe six or seven. I was really little. And so one of the angel figurines had a little bit of a broken wing that she had glued it back together. And the other angel was, was fine. And I remember just being enamored and laying on the floor because she had this little coffee table that she had them on. And I was laying on the floor just staring at these little angels. And I said, Nana, I would really, really love to have one of these angels for my room. And she said, okay, you can have the one that has the broken wing. And it's just as beautiful. I fixed it. And so she gave me that angel. I put it next to my bedside table. And I waited until that night. That night... I snuck downstairs and I replaced the broken angel for the whole angel and I brought the whole angel up to my room. Hello, she made my bed every day. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> However, um, it was later that day and um, she called me downstairs and she said, Rachel, come here. I want, I want to talk to you about something. And she sat me down next to her on a little bench she had against the wall and she had both angels in her hand. And she said, I found one of these next to your bed. And immediately, I know all the color drained out of my face. And she said, what I don't understand is that the wrong one was next to your bed. And I just immediately started crying. I was caught red-handed. I mean, there was no getting out of it. And I loved Nana so much that I hated the fact that I hurt her or I disobeyed her, except the allure and really the sin drew me in to the point where I was willing to ignore my emotions about her or my desire to be obedient to her. I was willing to ignore that because the voice of sin was so much louder. And so in that moment, she didn't say to me, Rachel the thief. And I was not from then on known as Rachel the thief. Um, instead, what she did is she sat down and she spent a lot of time explaining to me the value of those angels who gave them to her, why they were precious to her, how much I meant to her, how I was precious to her, how she wanted to share them with me, but that how there was limitations. Um, and that eventually when I was older, I would be allowed to have the, the nice one. And so what I remember clearly in that scenario, even in my tiny little six-year-old brain, was that Nana sat with me until I understood. And she did that because she loved me. And it wasn't just she was going to say, you know, you shouldn't steal. You'll go to jail one day if you steal. Instead, she sat down to explain it to me in a way that I can understand and I would remember. And to this day, I've never stolen again. Thank God that wasn't the beginning of a, of a crime spree. Um, but what I remember is that posture of truth and grace. I definitely was guilty. But she met me in my guilt with love and grace. That is the emotion I feel when I read this story and I and we read about how Jesus meets this woman where she's at. This week we talked about the traditional stoning that was a punishment in, in first century Jewish cultures. And if you haven't read it yet, I would encourage you to go back and read it. Um, it's, it was a pretty harsh way to deal with that sin. And the other thing I think it's important to point out is especially in the kind of sin that she was involved in, she was not alone in her sin. However, she was the one that was caught red-handed. And I think about that in terms of how we can sometimes be led into sin by other people, but ultimately we have to take responsibility for our own role. 
And the reality is, is we are all guilty. That's why we need a savior. That's why we need Jesus. There's no escaping that in this world. But there's also the ability to walk in grace, knowing who Jesus is and knowing the reasons why he has us to be obedient. And when we exchange that moment of guilt and shame that comes with the guilt, that those feelings, for the truth of who Jesus is, who he says we are, who he calls us to be, it's that relationship with him, that forgiveness that he offers us, that then empowers us to move into the next season with grace and walking in obedience through that relationship with Jesus. And like I've said throughout this study, I wish this was a one-time thing. I wish we could just say, okay, I met Jesus. I'm not going to sin anymore. And, uh, you know, maybe for some sins it is like that. But do I still get jealous? Yeah. Do I still, um, I wish I could say I don't lie. But, um, you know, if you have kids and they do, like my, my daughter did my hair and I would have crushed her if I said it was ugly. But, you know, it's those kinds of white lies, white lies that we uh, trick ourselves into thinking that it's okay to say. Um, I'm not an advocate of lying to our kids at all, but if you've been human for any length of time, you realize that it's not as easy as just saying, okay, I'm not going to sin anymore. What I think we have to do, and this is a practice that we've gotten away from, is there's two things. I think um, accountability and confession are, are some things that we really need to make sure that we are doing. Um, confession is a practice that is not largely practiced in most evangelical churches. However, we see that throughout the scriptures, and, and we know that God calls us to that. We're going to take a quick break right here, and when we come back, we'll continue talking about week three of the She Hears Bible Study. Stay tuned. But yet, we are hesitant to confess um, because of the, the cancel culture, especially that we live in right now. Um, but, but I, I would encourage you to find somebody that you can trust that not only offers you accountability, but offers you the opportunity to confess your sin. Ultimately, the goal is to confess that sin to the Lord so he can deal with it. And that's an ongoing process. It's that living water that we talked about a couple weeks ago, or maybe last week. My heart for you is that we will move into the second half of this study, realizing that all of us are guilty. We can't escape that. But we all have access to Jesus, who cleans us up from that mess. My grandfather, um, <laughs> when we were little, um, he loved the red pistachios. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, I don't know why, if they dye them or what it is, if they're naturally like that. But pistachios, or at least where we're from, are, are nuts that you can either get green. They're all green inside, I think. You can get green pistachios or red pistachios. But when you eat the red pistachios, they make a mess. Red all over your hands, um, on your clothes, if you get it on your clothes. And my grandfather, he just loved red pistachios. And I, I just even remember things like my Nana saying, okay, Frank, don't eat any pistachios before dinner because we're going to eat here in a little bit. And then he would come to the dinner table, literally caught red-handed with pistachio stain all over his hands. And... You know, if it was the season where he was eating a lot of pistachios, he went everywhere with red stained hands and there was no getting around it. He was literally red handed from eating the pistachios before dinner. And even though it's a, that's a somewhat humorous way to think about it, um, we're all touched by sin. Everything that we touch 
is touched by sin because that's the reality of the fallen world we live in. But we don't have to live in that place in the sense of, of feeling the weight and the shame of our guilt. Okay, friends, we're actually going to stop right here and we're going to continue part two of this discussion tomorrow. This summer, we are doing shorter episodes because everybody is short on time with being outside and going on vacations and altered work schedules. And so these shorter episodes are really designed to keep you in the word and keep you focused without being too burdensome. So I, I hope that you're appreciating these shorter episodes. Again, we'll continue this conversation tomorrow. I know you've been frustrated with being confident in how to tell the difference between hearing from God and wondering if it's your own voice. Listen, I know. I've been there myself. That's why I wrote the Bible study, She Hears, Learning to Listen to Jesus. This is a six-week study that takes you through the book of John, looking at six women in the life of Jesus. It also teaches the color method of Bible study, which helps you to learn how to really understand the scriptures. I include lots of cultural and historical information, and it really makes these familiar passages of scripture just come alive. This is a great study to do on your own, to do with some girlfriends or even some teenage girls, and it will help you really gain the confidence in how to hear from the Lord and set you up with some tools that will stay with you long after the study is over. You can find that on my resources page at shehears.org, where there are also some really good resources to help you in your spiritual growth. I pray that they are a blessing for you. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call in your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.